Turn in your Bibles this morning to Joshua chapter 3. We're going to break from our series in the Gospel of John. We're going to be in Joshua chapter 3 this morning. And if you grab the bulletin, I hope you notice there on the top of the bulletin, it says something right under the date. Today is the 13th anniversary of Community Baptist Church. The first service of Community Baptist Church was October uh, 2nd or 3rd, I believe it was, of 2010. Uh, the first service was held there in the across uh, from the street from the Polish Hall in downtown Riverhead. Um, and uh, under uh, Pastor Joshua Fryman, he was the founding pastor there. In uh, 2013, they moved to this building. They started renting uh, the property here uh, for a number of years. Uh, then the Lord moved Pastor Fryman on in 2018. And so Pastor Fryman moved to uh, North Dakota, and he is uh, pastoring there now and serving the Lord, and I get to talk to him every once in a while, and he's, he's still praying for uh, the church here and for what's going on, but uh, Community Baptist Church began to have a, quite a few struggles, and there was a lot of people who uh, moved on and weren't uh, attending the church anymore, and uh, it get, began, the attendance began getting lower and lower, and um, just a little bit of the story of how I, actually I became the pastor was in uh, 2018, a couple months after Pastor Fryman had left, um, we found out through another pastor, though we knew Pastor Fryman, there had been a plan for another pastor to come in and to uh, take the church, and um, we praise the Lord that that didn't work out, okay? There was uh, some issues that came up right then, it was like, Oh, no, this is a disaster, but looking back from hindsight, we can say that was God's mercy and God's uh, hand of blessing on Community Baptist Church that the original plan didn't work out. And, but just because there wasn't a pastor here for a number of months, the attendance began dropping, and uh, it was told to my dad, who's a pastor there in New York City, and so I was the assistant pastor at the time with my dad, and so um, my dad says, you need to go out and just preach the Sunday, sir. They need someone to preach on Sunday. Just go out and get a feel of what's going on. And so November of 2018 was the first time I stepped in the pulpit here at Community Baptist Church and was just uh, preaching uh, for the service. And we began um, doing some research. We began talking. My dad began talking with people here at the church. Uh, many who are, um, some have passed on uh, from this life. Some have moved away. Um, some of that, but begin talking to them. No, we, we want to keep the church open. We want to keep things going. But the attendance kept dropping. By the time, um, as the, and we were praying for a pastor, and there was a couple leads, and then things didn't work out. And so uh, some other young men and myself from my dad's church were coming out on a rotation every Sunday, all the way from Astoria, Queens. And we're preaching, and we're preaching, and we're preaching. My dad was driving out every Wednesday uh, to uh, go over the church constitution, to go over what, uh, what a Baptist church is and trying to reinforce that. And the Lord began working on my heart. There's not a pastor coming. The, the people that we were uh, looking at, the Lord said no. Where are we going to get a pastor from? And so my dad and I began to seriously pray about that. And then uh, I, can't, I said, okay, I'll candidate, which... I figured if I would candidate, I'd probably get accepted as the pastor. It was, okay, this is the Lord's will. This is what needs to happen. There were five people who voted to, uh, uh, for the church uh, to accept me as the pastor. That was all that was left. We did not own the building at the time. 
we were paying, the church was paying $2,800 a month in rent just to be able to have a place to meet. Um, I think it was Brother Daniel was the only person at that meeting who is still here. There was two other couples that have since retired and moved out of the area that were here. In, in June, 19, uh, June 2nd of 2019 was when Isaac set, called to be the pastor here of Community Baptist Church. And I had no idea what I, okay, I, I, I had been to Bible college, I'd studied, I knew how to preach the Bible, and I'm still learning that and still growing in that. But I was like, you're a pastor and you think I look young now. I was single, living on my own cooking, and that was four and a half years ago. Uh, so we, we, but I moved out and began praying, Lord, would you begin building the church? Lord, would you begin uh, working? And one of the first series that I preached as the pastor of Community Baptist Church was I preached through the, through the book of Joshua verse by verse. We went through the book of Joshua. The Sunday that we voted to purchase the building, I remember making, uh, we, were, uh, we were in the, uh, we're Jericho. We were in Joshua chapter 6 with the uh, walls of Jericho and facing that. We don't know how that's going to happen. I think uh, Brother Daniel remembers that right in the middle of the sermon. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know how we're going to do that. And it was raining outside and the roof started leaking into the metal pan. Pat, 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 right in the middle of the sermon. I said, I have an illustration right here. We don't know how, and so, but um, that has been addressed, praise the Lord. In July of 2020, we purchased the building. Okay, uh, with the help of Brother Westcott, he was a member, Brother Daniel as well was a member of Bayview Baptist Church in Shirley that uh, closed. And when they sold off the property, they gave the money to Community Baptist Church. We own the building debt free. That is a miracle. Okay, that is a miracle. Okay, we've been praying that the Lord would begin to see souls get saved. It was almost three... I'm just giving some of the history before we get into the message this morning. It was, I was the pastor here for almost three years before Miss Bonnie Sue trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior. It was the first soul that got saved. That, that we know of. There's other people that have gotten tracks and uh, that could have uh, trusted the Lord in their own home, something of that, but that we know of. Miss Bonnie Sue was the first person who trusted Jesus Christ as her Savior, and we've seen uh, several more, including Miss Louise and others who have uh, trusted Jesus Christ and gotten baptized and joined the church. And um, it's exciting seeing what the Lord is going to do, uh, Lord has done. But God's not done with Community Baptist Church. When, we, when I became the pastor, when I think we were praying, we need to address the lighting in the church. On an evening service, you couldn't hardly read your Bible. You had to pick your spots uh, to, because of uh, the lighting in the church where, uh, where you're going to be able to read your hymn book and uh, uh, bring your own flashlight uh, was our, uh, wasn't quite our Wednesday theme, just about, though. And so and this summer... I, I never thought we'd be able to get it done as quickly, that, uh, but the Lord just gave wisdom with what we could do, with what we already had, and we didn't. I thank God. On a Wednesday night, people can read their Bibles. Some churches, that wouldn't matter, but in a Baptist church, you need to be able to read your Bible uh, because what, what is going on is we need to learn about God from the Word of God. There, there, uh, there's miracle after miracle that God has worked. 
But I want to challenge us this morning, just as we're looking at the anniversary of the church and uh, praying about what the Lord would have us to do, He doesn't want us to ever get satisfied. He doesn't want us to say, okay, we've reached a place of uh, where we're comfortable. By the way, we haven't. But um, if we ever get there, we're not where we need to be. Uh, The title this morning, and then we're going to read the text. I'm just going to give you the title. The title is Following God Forward. Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1. We're going to read the chapter. Um, Just the context, I'm going to read a couple verses from Joshua chapter 1 while you're getting there. The Bible says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise... Go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. And then God begins to reiterate the promises that he'd given to Moses. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you victory. Every place your uh, foot treads upon, that's the land I'm going to give you. But we have to understand this. Joshua is the new leader of of Israel, and he's under orders from God, cross the Jordan. You need to move forward. So let's pick it up in Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1. And Joshua rose early in the morning. And they removed from Shittim, that's where they've been camped, and came to Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. Remember, this is about two to three million people. With all their belongings, with all their cattle, with all that, this is not a Boy Scout camp trip. This is a nation of people. Um, That's all of Suffolk and Nassau County combined. Is camped on the edge of the Jordan River, getting ready to cross. Okay? Um, And they commanded the people, verse number 3, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priest, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet... There shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant, pass over before the people. And they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And thou shalt command the priest that bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. They had some enemies waiting for them on the other side of the river. There were some battles that were ahead of them. He says, This is how you're going to know the living God is among you. Verse number 11, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every man a tribe, and it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, 
the Lord of all the earth. How many times has that been emphasized in our text? God is in control. God is on the throne. God is uh, the, the living God of all the earth. As soon as the uh, soles of the feet of the priest that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan, and the priest bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Now he tells us the Jordan is in flood stage. It's impossible to cross. He says, as they bear that came unto the ark, and the feet, the feet of the priest that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, verse number 16, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon an heap very far from the city Adam, that is, beside Zaratan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. The title is Following God Forward. God works wonders when we follow by faith. God works wonders when we follow by faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we just want to stop. We want to say thank you for what you have done in Community Baptist Church and everything that has been accomplished that is good is because of your power and because of your might. And Lord, we want to give you the glory for that. But Lord, I don't believe you're done here. I don't believe that you don't want us to continue to move forward. And I pray that you would give us courage. You would give us leadership. You would give us... In, Lord, I pray that you would work the wonders that are necessary. In Jesus' name we pray. Help us this morning. Amen. What's the big deal about crossing Jordan? Okay, I mean, that's what this whole chapter is about. Okay, there's the Jordan River. By the way, we need to set this up up front real quick. Jordan is not a picture of entering heaven. Okay, how many have heard the phrase, I'm, I'm going to the promised land, I'm going to cross the Jordan, and we're going to get to heaven? That's not a biblical understanding of the, book of, of, of the, of the river Jordan or of the promised land. Because what's the first thing they did when they actually crossed Jordan and got into the promised land? They fought the battle of Jericho, and they fought a lot of other battles. When we reach heaven, there's going to be no more battles. When we reach heaven, it's going to be complete. When, we, when those who are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, when we reach heaven, that's not going to be any more battles. It's going to be a land of rest. It's going to be in the presence of God. We're going to be perfect once we reach heaven. The nation of Israel was not perfect in the promised land. Just read the book of Judges. Okay, uh, You talk about uh, some of the darkest times in the Bible was really as the people of God got away from God in the promised land, okay? So the promised land is not a picture of heaven. Rather, it's this. It was the agenda 
the agenda that God had for the lives of His people. It was the plans that God wanted His people, the nation of Israel, to accomplish. All right? He wanted them to enter the promised land. He wanted them to enjoy the blessings that He had for them. By the way, God has promised, if you follow me, there's peace, there's joy, there's victory, that you can walk with God and you can uh, have the joy of God even in this sinful world. Right? That's the picture of the promised land. Is a picture of, of the victorious Christian life. Of walking with God. And seeing God give you victory over things that are impossible. And seeing God work in your life. And seeing God provide your needs. And seeing God bless. That's the pi picture of the promised land. And God said, the pro by the way, the promised land is the land of Israel. The land where the nation of Israel still lives today because God promised that to the descendants of Abraham. And God said this is a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land that God had promised to Abraham some 400 years before Joshua chapter 3. He's saying this is what I'm going to give to you. This is what I'm going to give to your seed. This is my plans. This is the good hand of blessings that I have for your life. It was God's plan for them to enjoy to serve God in that land, to be a testimony to the world of what God can do. It wasn't because Israel was the biggest nation or Israel was the best nation. It was because God was saying, if you follow me by faith, I want the world to see what the mighty, almighty creator God can do. For the nation of Israel, the eternal plan of God would take place in the promised land. Calvary, the final sacrifice for sin is in the promised land. Okay? Jesus came, was born, died, rose again, called, trained His disciples, started His church. Everything that we enjoy today, God's plan for the ages, is tied to the promised land. Was tied to God's agenda for His people. The first generation that God had freed from slavery in Egypt. Remember, Moses had said, Pharaoh, let my people go. They came over. They went through the Red Sea, and God parted the Red Sea, and then it came down on the Egyptians and wiped them out. And uh, Pharaoh got it too, by the way, and they went into uh, the wilderness there, and God gave them the law of God at Mount Sinai and said, now that you're my people, this is how you're supposed to behave. The law of God was never do this to become my people. The, the Ten Commandments was... Because you're my people, this is how you're supposed to behave. Okay? No one got saved in the Old Testament by keeping the law, just like no one gets saved in the New Testament by keeping the law. It's always been by faith. It's been by believing God's Word and by following God by faith. It's a relationship with God. And God said, here's my agenda. We're going to go to the promised land. And yes, there are giants. Yes, there's walled cities. But I'm big enough to give you the victory. I'm able to do that. And the first generation sent out the 12 spies. And they went into the promised land and they came back and they said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. <laughs> There's no way. You don't know how big they are, Moses. And the people said, we can't do this. This is impossible. God said, this is my agenda for you. And they said, no, 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 we can't do this. And so God said, okay. You're not going back to Egypt. I'm not going to let you go back to the bondage of sin. I'm not going to let you go back to under someone else's control. But you're going to wander in the wilderness until you die. And then your kids, they're going to enter the promised land. And so this is uh, point two. 
entering the promised land. God brings them back to the promised land after the first generation has died in the wilderness. By the way, you can miss out on God's plan for your life. Uh, you, that doesn't mean you lose your salvation. Once you get saved, you are saved. You are kept by the power of God. But you can live a miserable life. You can miss out on the joy. You can miss out on the blessings that God wants you to have. If you want to live a miserable Christian life, just tell God no. God's not going to let you go back to sin. God's not going to let you go back to the bondage of sin. But you're not going to enjoy the blessings that God wants you to have. You're not going to fulfill the purpose that God wants you to have. So God was bringing His people back saying, this is my agenda. I want you to enjoy the promised land. There, but there was also this. God didn't want them just physically in the promised land. He did, but that was only part of it. Okay, It was more than just a physical location. He wanted His people to know the power of God. He wanted this generation to know the presence of God personally. Okay, it's not just he wanted them in the promised land. Okay, I'm done. No, he wanted them to have that relationship with him. He, he wanted them to walk with God. This also was part of God's agenda. Biblical success is not a destination. It's a journey. Okay, until we reach heaven, that is the end goal. Okay, but that's secured by Jesus Christ. That's not secured by anything we do. That's secured by the power of Jesus Christ. And until we reach heaven, following God is not, well, if I, okay, I was an assistant pastor. If I just get to be a pastor, I'm going to be a biblical, no, no, no. Or if I just get to get married and have kids and have a family, that's a, no, 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 no. Biblical success is not this check mark or this event in your life. Biblical success is a journey. It's about, it's not a destination, it's the journey. It's about following the Lord. It's about being right with God today and being right with God tomorrow and being where God wants me to be the next day. That was where God wanted His people. He said, I'm going to work wonders among you. Isn't that what we read? I'm going to show my mighty hand. I'm going to demonstrate what is impossible for humans to do. I'm going to show that when you follow me, you're going to see what God can do. You're going to see the power of God. What is beyond the power of human beings. Okay, to cross into the promised land. Okay, God had an agenda for them to move into the promised land. God had an agenda for them to experience the power of God. So God brought them to the Jordan River at flood season. This wasn't just a difficulty. This wasn't just... Oh, we might get our feet wet. No, this was an impossibility. All right? I, uh, when I got to travel with the singing team there from Heartland, we, uh, my last year we got to go out west. And so we, got, we went to the Rockies. We, went to, uh, we were in Colorado in the early weeks of June. And what's happening in the early weeks of June in Colorado, if you haven't been there, is all the snow from the Rocky Mountains is melting, and they have what they call spring runoff. Okay? The snow from the mountains of Lebanon were melting and were flooding the Jordan River. And the rains, that's what was going on. Uh, the pastor we were with uh, had, uh, was there in Colorado, was, uh, and he had a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, which um, I didn't know they were such a dog breed. I don't know that much about dogs. But what they are actually bred for is they are excellent swimmers. 
They are incredible swimmers. They, uh, a lot of the Chesapeake Bay Retrievers are used for duck hunting and for things like that because they could swim out and get that. And his dog loved to swim. And so he's there with, uh, with his sons and the five college guys there from the team, and we're uh, playing Frisbee and playing catch, and he's, uh, there's a little creek. Normally it would just be a little creek, but because of the storm runoff, it was uh, gushing, and there was actually white water in the creek, and uh, he threw a stick for his dog, and it ended up in the creek. Dog ran out, swam in the creek, grabbed it, brought it back. So he threw it again. And this time the dog got caught in the current. It took us over an hour of looking for the dog. And the dog was swimming the whole time. I mean, this dog was bred for this type of swimming. Not necessarily this type, but for swimming. And for over an hour, it was there. It got behind some rocks where the current had a break, and it was able to rest, and it was there swimming. And us guys were freaking out because his nine-year-old son's there, and his dog's going to drown in front of I mean, and so we were uh, searching for it. We finally located it. It took three guys holding on to each other and being very careful to get out and get the dog back to safety. That was just a little runoff creek. Now you're talking about traveling two to three million people with older people, with children, with herds of livestock, with their tents, with everything they possibly own. Are you going to cross the Jordan River that way? Uh-uh. Not happening. It's, it's overflowing its banks. What we're seeing is an impossibility. This is a terrifying situation. This is an impossible situation. But God said, I brought you here, and you're going to cross because I want you to fulfill my agenda. I want you to get to the promised land, but I brought you here when it's difficult also because I want you to see my power. I want you to see who I am. I want you to see what I'm capable of doing. And I want you to see what I'm capable of doing in the lives of your leaders. I'm going to magnify Joshua. I'm going to let you know that just because there's new leadership, just because there's a new generation, doesn't mean that my power has changed. God had parted the Red Sea under Moses. And now God was saying, no, I'm the same God that brought you out of Egypt. Though it's a new generation, uh, though you have some new names and technology is changing and maybe styles are changing a little bit, I haven't changed. My power hasn't changed. I am still the God of all the earth. God promised, you need to know me. Part of God's agenda in them knowing the power of God was they were going to face bigger, bigger battles down the road. There's going to be Jericho. There was going to be um, armies with chariots. There was going to be far, uh, far numerically, uh, numerically uh, superior enemies. And God wanted His people ready to face those by knowing the power of God. Part of God's agenda was growing His people's understanding of who He is. See, God, if you are His child... If you've been saved by the blood of Jesus Christ, God puts trials, God puts impossible situations in our lives not to drive us batty, not to intimidate us, not because He wants to see how long we can stay afloat, but because He wants us to realize that we can't do it. God wants to show Himself mighty in our lives. Part of God's agenda is growing your trust in Him in His goodness and in His ability. Part of God's agenda is removing your trust and dependence on yourself. If you think you can do it, you're not really going to be depending on God to do it. And if you're not depending on God to do it, you're not walking by faith. 
And if you're not walking by faith, you can't please God. And God can't use you the way that he wants to. And so sometimes God puts situations in our life. It might be in your family. It might be at your job. It might be in a health situation. You're going, I have no idea. I have no ability to solve this situation. So I can't depend on myself. I must depend on God. That's part of God's agenda, is making you learn to depend on Him. Okay, To truly follow God, you must trust God to the point of obedience. Okay, how many people say, oh, I just trust the Lord. Trusting God without submission is foolishness. Okay, oh, I trust the Lord. Well, if you trust him, you're going to obey him. Trust in the Lord in all thy heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him. That means obey him. That means follow him. Don't tell me you're trusting God when you're not being obedient to him. That's not trusting God. Okay, but God puts the impossible situations there to um, help us, as part of His agenda, to help us know Him better. Number three, God wanted to use the nation of Israel. This was much bigger than just them getting into the promised land. This was much bigger than just them enjoying the blessings of God. This was much bigger than even just them knowing the power of God. God wanted to use the nation of Israel to be a light to the entire world. So, in fact, at the end of chapter 4, the Bible says that all the earth may know that the Lord God of Israel is mighty, that He rules, that His hand is able to do it. You see, God's agenda is not just for us to have a good life and us to have prosperity and us to have our kids turn out. No, no, no. God's agenda is for the world to know about Him. God's agenda is for the world to be able to see His greatness and His glory through the wonders that He works in our lives. Okay? God had an agenda for the people of Israel. Can I tell you this? God has an agenda for Community Baptist Church. God's, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay? We're not here just because it's a fun place to be on Sunday morning. Okay, you might rather be taking a nap. Okay, uh, you might be rather uh, enjoying uh, enjoying a, a one day off from work and some of that. Okay, there's a lot of people. That's what sun, Sunday is for other people. It's all about football or whatever it happens to be. Uh, just about themselves. This is my weekend. Why are we here? Because Jesus started His church when He was here on this earth. And there's a specific agenda that He gave for His church that if we're going to serve God, we want Him to work out that agenda. God's agenda is for Him to receive glory. Okay, Ephesians chapter 3 tells us, Unto Him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen that He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us, the Holy Spirit that works in the lives of His children so that God can get glory. God has an agenda for Community Baptist Church. God has an agenda for your life. He has a purpose for your life. Okay? God's agenda, what we're dealing with in Sunday school, God's agenda for your life is to be conformed to the image of His Son. God's agenda for your life is to for you to look like Jesus. That's God's plan. 
It's not just so you can have a perfect and enjoyable life and uh, a, a good retirement. There's nothing wrong with things. There's nothing wrong with retirement. There's nothing wrong with having possessions. But that's not the purpose. That's not the agenda that God has for our life. God gives us those things to fulfill the agenda that God has for our life. And that is to serve Him. And that is to love God. And that is to keep His commandments. God's agenda for Community Baptist Church is given, us into the great, is given to us in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you all way, even unto the end of the world. That's God's agenda. Let me break it down for you. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them. That's talking about salvation. Once someone gets saved, then they get baptized, Every nation needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. By the way, that's why we're doing a missions conference. The first missions conference in the history of Community Baptist Church is going to be November 6th, 7th, and 8th. That's a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Monday night at 7 o'clock, Brother Terry Randolph is going to be preaching on missions. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, Brother Terry Randolph is going to be preaching about missions. Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, he's going to be preaching about missions. And you go, that's kind of... A lot of preaching. That's like a week's worth of church services in three days. It's about God's agenda. It's not about, our, it's not about our agenda or what's most comfortable. It's about God's agenda. God's agenda for His church is to preach the gospel to every creature. And the other part of God's agenda is to teach them all things whatsoever I've commanded you. The purpose of the, the agenda of God's church is to evangelize the lost and to edify the saints. For to teach those, once you get saved, you need to grow in Christ. You need to be confirmed, in, uh, not in confirmation that's uh, talked about in uh, Protestantism, but growing up in the truth of Christ, in understanding, and growing to be able to walk into the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ. God has an agenda for His people. God had an agenda for Israel. Well... How are they going to accomplish that? They had to move forward. Okay, we read verses 1 of Joshua chapter 1. God said, arise, go over this Jordan. They could not stay where they were and be obedient to God. If they were going to fulfill God's agenda, which is God's plan, which is God's orders for your life, they could not just say, we'll wait for a more convenient time. If God had said go, they were either going to be obedient or disobedient. They were, if they were going to fulfill God's agenda, if they were going to accomplish that, they had to move forward. The blessings, the greatest blessings that God wanted to give them could only be enjoyed on the other side of Jordan. They had to cross the Jordan. They had to fight battles. They had to learn new skills. They had to go through some very tough times if they were going to be able to enjoy what God had for them. They had to move forward, even when the Jordan looked impossible. By the way, one man said it this way, we never stand still in the Christian life. We either move forward in faith or go backward in unbelief. You're either going to move forward in faith, and faith isn't some, some feeling that just sweeps over us I can do this. No, faith is obeying God. God said go, and so they needed to go. Faith 
is being in church this morning. Why? Because God has commanded for believers to assemble. That's part of the meaning of the word church. It is an assembly. It's a called out assembly of believers for the purpose of fulfilling God's agenda. You know what being in church is? It's called faith. We walk by faith. Well, I don't know if it does that much for me. Wait a second. Obey God by faith and see what God is going to do. You either go forward in faith or you go backwards in unbelief. Faith is believing God's word to the point of obedience. They could not grow in faith. They would not see God work in miraculous ways if they did not move forward. If they weren't going to cross the Jordan River, they weren't going to see God part the Jordan River. Everybody with me? Okay, if, 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 they, if they didn't go forward, they weren't going to see God work the miracles. If they didn't cross, they would never see the walls of Jericho fall down. They would never get to eat of the vineyards and the houses that they never built, that God gave them, and the, all, everything that God, uh, the blessings that God had for them. And so God said, if you're, going to in, if you're going to fulfill my agenda, you must go forward. But he didn't just say, let's see how it ends up. No, God gave them clear instructions. God gave them help. Number one, they were commanded to sanctify themselves in verse number five. What is, what is sanctify? It meant being prepared, to being, in, being prepared to be in God's presence. Hey, we should be sanctified, ready to go when we come to church on Sunday morning. Okay? Let, let me, it's being ready for God to speak to us. It's cleansing out some of the things from our mind. If you want, to, if you want God to speak to, your church, uh, speak to you at church on Sunday morning, don't stay up till 11.30 at night watching TV. Go to bed at a decent time. Spend some time in prayer. God, I need you to speak to me. God, I need you to, I need, I need your direction. I need you. What is that? It's called sanctifying. It's called preparing your heart. If you know that something is wrong, God has already spoken to you that something in your life is not where it needs to be. Get that right with God before you come to church so that you can have an open heart ready to speak to God. Because until you obey what God is speaking to you about here, God's under no obligation to speak about something over here. Because you're not, if you're not being obedient here, God's not going to continue to work in your life. You have to be obedient to where God is speaking to you. Show up to church, ready to hear from God. Make church important. Show up dressed to be in the presence of God. Show up with a, with a heart to sing the song. Show up to be in the presence of God because He is worthy. He is worthy. Not only did He command them to get sanctified, He commanded them, you need to come and hear the words of God. Okay, verse number nine. God knew the route they needed to take. God knew how he was going to do the river. They didn't. They didn't at this time know how the Jordan was going to cross. They, uh, how they were going to cross the Jordan. They didn't. But God said, come and hear the words of the Lord. Then, because they weren't passing this way before, God said, just follow the ark. Here was their command. Get ready to meet with God. Follow the ark. The ark is going to be a 2,000 cubits ahead of you. It's going to be almost a half a mile in front of you so that you can see which direction it's going. You ever been driving on the LIE just because traffic's so close to the person in front of you, you can't see that something's in the road? Okay? Uh, it has happened to me before. 
just because it's traffic and you can't see what's ahead of you. The idea is back up a little bit and you'll be able to see and follow the way that you need to be because I'm going to lead you. And if you, you, but if you're going to follow my agenda, you have to go forward. You have to follow me. God has given his word. God has given his plans for our life. It isn't just, I wonder what following the Lord looks like. We have 66 books to tell us what it means to follow the Lord. There's a danger that even as Christians we can set our own agenda and say, hey God, would you get on board with this? This seems like a really good idea, Lord. Will, will, will you bless this instead of us saying, Lord, what is your agenda? How do you want us to do that? Let's follow the commands that you've already given in your word. There's a reason that we make a big deal about the Bible. There's a reason we make a big deal about church. There's a, real, there's a reason we make a big deal about living a life for God and being holy and being sanctified and being set apart because God makes a big deal about it in His Word. That's God's agenda. And if we're going to move forward, the one way we move forward is in obedience to His Word. We don't get to move forward our way. We have to move forward following the ark of God. But just because God has an agenda for us and just because we have the commands that God has given us doesn't mean it's going to be easy. In fact, it's impossible. Following God is impossible without the hand of God. Following God is impossible without the workings and the hand of God. There's many obstacles. There's many things that we face and we go, I don't know how I can overcome that. I don't know how I can deal with my past. I don't know how I can deal with my finances. I don't know how I can deal with my family or my health or uh, whatever it happens to be right here. How can we move forward? We live in this world that is growing worse and worse and the problems are just mounting. How are we supposed to serve God? Is, is there any way forward? Well, how did Israel cross the Jordan River? was when the priests, in obedience to God's Word, put their feet in the brim of the water. Nothing happened until the people began packing up their tents. They got in line to follow. The priests picked up the ark. They marched towards the Jordan River. It's still rushing with all its force. They're marching, they can see the Jordan River, and they see this big, massive tree sweeping down the river. They get a little bit closer, and they see just the dirt and the boulders and everything that's just gushing down this river, and there it goes, nothing's changing. It's still going just as fast as it was. And then the priests put their feet in the water. There's a reason they tell you don't enter flooded areas. Because you can't see what the water's muddy and you can't see what's underneath. Okay? Don't, if it's, the road's flooded, don't drive your car in. Okay? The road could be out underneath. Uh, don't play around with uh, flooded waters because you can step down, the whole bank could be gone, and you could be gone in an instant. Okay? They weren't playing around, they were being in obedience to God. God had said, put your feet in the water. So the priest went, they put their feet in the water, and God built an invisible dam. The water just begins stacking up. Isn't that what it says? The water begins stacking up and in a heap. What does that mean? Well, here's the riverbed, and they just see the water start piling up, and nothing else is coming. 
And the water just keeps stacking up and keeps stacking up and keeps stacking up. And over here, the ground that's been flooded, we've been dealing with a lot, a lot of rain. What has to happen after there's been a lot of rain? The ground has to dry out. You do a lot of work in your yard. If it's been really rainy, you're going to tear up the sod that's there. The Bible says they went over on dry ground. Look at it. Look at the end of chapter 3. They passed over, clean over, on dry ground. There were people wiping and shaking the dust off of them as they were walking through the flooded Jordan River. When they put their feet in the water in obedience to God, they had to follow the way that God had commanded. They just didn't say, hey, this seems like a good idea. When they move forward in faith, that's obedience to the word of God, God worked the miracle. He stopped the river. Don't try that at home. The EPA would be very, very upset with you. Uh, you know, God did this in what was impossible for them to do, even with the help of two to three million people. They could not possibly have built a dam that would have allowed them to cross over. They couldn't have built boats that would have floated them all across. That wasn't possible. But because God had an agenda and they were obedient to the word that God had commanded them, God did work wonders. God did work miracles. What was something that was impossible for them, all the earth could know. That is the mighty workings of God. The living God accomplished that. God held back the waters till everyone crossed. They got on the other side, water came back. You know why following God can be so scary sometimes? New territory, and it's a point of no return. God wasn't going to part the river for them to get back across. Right? God, had, as they obeyed God, God brought them to where they needed to be, but now they're really dependent on God. Because there's Jericho and there's all the other cities that are facing them and they're sitting there with their backs against the flooded river. That's not really where you want to be uh, strategically or militarily, but that's where God wanted them to be. And God would bring down the walls of Jericho when it was time and when it was necessary. Here's some of the other miracles that God would work in the land of Israel. And once they moved into the promised land, God would rain down hailstones. And he took out more of the enemy soldiers through hailstones, not a single one of the Israelite soldiers than the Israelite soldiers had killed in the whole battle. God made the sun to stand still for a whole day. Sun didn't go down until they finished chasing their enemies. Okay? God superseded the order of nature. Okay? Uh, uh, the, the normal realm of what God created, God said, okay, sun's just going to stand still for a little while till we win the battle. Okay? That's the God that we serve. That is the living God of the Bible that nothing is impossible with Him. That whatever is necessary to accomplish what God has called us to do is more than possible through the power of God. See, God worked the wonders necessary for His people to move forward in His agenda. Was it because they were amazing people? No, Achan was still with them. Who later stole from the city of Jericho and brought God's judgment on the people of Israel and lied and there was other people? No, it was when they obeyed God's word. God said, I want you to go forward. This is my plans for you. 
And they went forward, even when it looked impossible, and God did what only God could do. See, God works wonders when we follow by faith. God works wonders when we follow by faith. Can I tell you this? God has an agenda for Community Baptist Church. Okay? We're, a, we're, almost a, we're really a restart. Community Baptist Church is, three, is 13 years old, but in some ways we're less than five years old. Because of, because of the restart and because of uh, starting uh, working again there. But that doesn't change God's agenda for us. We're still commanded to reach all nations. Hey, there is a massive Hispanic population here in, in the Riverhead in the North Fork area. Massive. And many of, uh, many of the, uh, the younger kids going to school, they're learning English and that, but their parents... Very little knowledge of English. Going out and knocking doors, trying to talk to people. Depending on where we're knocking doors, no English, no English, no English, no English. The Pentecostals are trying to reach them. The Catholics are sure trying to reach them. The Jehovah's Witnesses sure are trying to reach them. Hey, but part of God's agenda for Community Baptist Church is to reach those who may not even speak the same language we do. There's not a church I can recommend for Hispanic for a Spanish-speaking person to go to unless you go to Astoria, Queens. Can I tell you this? I don't speak Spanish. I've tried. It doesn't work very well for me. Okay? But God can do that. If we follow God by faith and we move forward the way that God, and, and we pray for that and we follow God, God can work the impossible because God wants to see those people reached just like He wants to see you, your family, and others reached. We're having a missions conference, November 6th and 8th. What is that about? A missions conference has been called this. It's the business meeting of the church on the fate of the heathen. It's the church, it's this church deciding what are we going to do to fulfill God's great commission? What part are we going to play in that? What, how are we going to be obedient to God's agenda? Hey, we need to be involved in that. If we want to see Community Baptist Church move forward, then we have to make sure we're moving forward on God's agenda. God's agenda, okay, God wants to see people get saved. God wants to build and establish Community Baptist Church. My prayer is that Community Baptist Church, I believe God's plan would, is that we would become self-supporting. There's other churches right now at their missions conferences that are helping give money to Community Baptist Church so that we can, can operate and we can reach out because we're so small. But I believe God's plan is for this church to become self-supporting and to begin to start other churches on Long Island and, to, and for more churches to be started because there's a tremendous need for Bible preaching, solid doctrine, Baptist churches here on the island. There's a tremendous need for that. God's agenda is for that to happen. Well, how can that happen? You obey God by inviting your family to church. And you obey God by you being faithful. And you obey God by being a part of what God is doing right now. We may not know how God's going to do the impossible in the future, but how God does the impossible right now, we don't know about the walls of Jericho yet, but what we do know is right now. And how we obey right now, how we see God work the miracles right now is by obeying God. Okay, what does God want me to do? He wants me to be faithful to church. He wants me to be a member of the church. He wants me to be faithful in visitation. He wants me to serve. What is that? That's being obedient by faith. I don't understand, I don't understand all that. It's a little... God works wonders when we follow by faith. 
if we want to see the miracles, if you want to see God work miracles in your family, get on God's agenda. If you want to see God work miracles at Community Baptist Church, get on God's agenda. If you want to see God work miracles in our country, get on God's agenda. Our greatest work for our country is not going and running picket lines or trying to convince people to vote a certain way or if we can get them to fall in love with Jesus and Jesus changes their heart, that's going to change every bit of their behavior. That's going to change every bit of their morals and every bit of their desires. And then God has changed them. And most importantly, they're on their way to heaven. That's God's agenda. Our agenda can be trying to save our country. Wait a second. God's agenda is to save people and to save souls. But we got to move forward. We got to be obedient by faith. We're either going to, and every decision doesn't have to be some great, big, impossible thing. But every decision is am I going to move forward by faith or move back in unbelief? Every decision. Am I going to follow God by faith? Or am I going to move back in unbelief? Am I going to obey God by faith by knowing that God wants to speak to me through his word? Am I going to obey God by faith by being the witness that God has called me to be? Am I going to be obey God by faith by being faithful to church? Oh, what is that? That's obeying God. And who knows what God can do when we just obey God? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, we know that you want to work at Community Baptist Church. You want to work in our lives. You want us to follow you. Lord, we all face things that are completely out of our control, that are completely beyond our power, but it's not beyond your power. I pray that you would work and help us to simply be obedient. And Lord, as we gather in the coming year as we'd be able to rejoice in the wonders we've seen you work in our lives, in our families, in this church. Pray, Lord, that you would help us to follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. We'll take a moment. We'll use the song of Only Trust Him. We're going to do some business with the Lord. Pray there at your seat.